welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at NYU. My name is Amber, and I'm tonight's co-host. I'm a senior from El Campo, Texas, studying drama and an RCA in Greenwich. And I'm Tom Ellett, your other co-host, and I serve as a senior associate vice president for student affairs. Welcome, Amber, to the co-host seat. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Doing great. Tell me how you got the bug. How the bug? Acting. Oh, the acting bug. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, it's an interesting story. In middle school, I had, um, I had a bully told me not to sign up for an acting competition. And so out of spite, I like, I ran as fast as I could. And like, I signed up and like, I've been doing it ever since, truly. That is how I got into it. But I fell in love with it in high school when we did this play and we took it to state. And I got to perform in this huge concert hall of 5,000 people. And I was just like, I looked out and the lights looked like stars and... I just like knew that's what I had to do for the rest of my wow. life. Yeah. See, I had an acting beginning in my career. I have an MFA in directing a theater, but no I couldn't go on stage. I just, right. it just what didn't work for me. Tell me what studio you're in. Well, right now I'm taking an academic, okay. but I did two and a half years at Atlantic. Okay. And then I went to Stone Street for a semester. And next semester, I plan on going back to Stone Street. Okay. Big difference? Not really a big difference. I think more of an extension of knowledge that they taught at the Atlantic, I would say. It's it's a good extension of knowledge. A lot of more of the business aspect and how to market yourself really in a world that's really changing right now. And we're going to be able to talk and unpack all of that with our yeah. today's guest. Who do we have? Our amazing guest today is Kimberly DePersia, who served as an RA in Goddard and West 13th Street for CDE, Adriana Gorham and Matthew Potashnik during the 0507 academic years. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you for joining us on tonight's show. It's a real pleasure to have you. How are you? Where are you? Hi. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I live in New York. I'm actually a hop, skip, and a jump away nearby in Manhattan, so I kind of feel like I've never, I'm kind of in my like NYU stage part two. And life is good. I feel like it's kind of been an adventure. I've had lots of like journeys and, and surprises, and I'm just I'm just always getting surprised by like where my life is going and uh, just have had some really cool experiences. Well, we're excited to unpack all of those experiences. Mm. Let's start with your time at Washington Square. Yeah. What did you study while you were here? I studied acting. Uh, I was in the BFA drama program, so I was a fellow Tishy. I was in the Stella Adler program for three years, and then my senior year I was in the classical studio. Big difference. Actually, not really too much. Um, Stella Adler does have like a classical focus, at least they did when I was yeah. around. So it was kind of like an easy shift over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us what have you done since your time at NYU? Gosh, I've done so much. All right. <laughs> when I first when I first came out, I really focused on a lot of classical works. I was in a theater company started by myself and some peers, and so we put on some Shakespeare productions. I did a bunch of Shakespeare. I went to some regional theater. I understudied at the Pearl Theater Company, which is sadly not around anymore, but it was a fantastic company where they did a bunch of classical plays and I got to understudy a couple times for them. A bunch of Shakespeare. And then I kind of started shifting over into like film. I, I started just acting in random films here and there and just really loved it. So I started shifting that focus. And then along the way, I started producing and writing a lot of my own work too, and just collaborating and producing shorts and web series and stuff like that. So that's where kind of where my life is now. I have more of like a creative standpoint. So I've been doing sketch comedy and writing and producing short films and acting in them as well. So it's just been a wonderful kind of, not so much a shift in focus, but an expansion of focus. 
Well, we're going to unpack each of those because yeah. there are so many RAs who are in the realm of producing, acting, sketch, uh, sketch work, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but let's go back to the RA position. You had two different roles. You were in yeah. Goddard, a really mm-hmm. small first year building. Yeah. And then you went to West 13th Street, real small. Yeah. Upper class building. Yeah. Why the difference and how did you experience both of those? So, yeah, they were both very different. Goddard was, um, I don't know if it still is now, but it was a living learning community. It so mm. oh, it still is great. Yeah, it is. So it was a very structured kind of themed floor where I had to, you know, as, as an RA, I was cultivating events and kind of a, almost like a type of curriculum for my residents. And yes, it was freshmen. So they were very, it's very hands-on making sure that they were okay and adjusting well. And then 13th Street, yeah, it was, was definitely different. It was almost completely the opposite in terms of students wanting more independence and not really wanting to go to events so it was such an extreme and um, for me the reason why the timeline why that shifted was I graduated a semester early so I finished my classes so it made more sense for me to shift over to a different dorm than leave a freshman residence hall like halfway through makes sense year yeah Yeah. right that's really responsible I mean what was your relationship to your residence I guess like in the sense of your role on campus as a, like a drama student it's a weird it's an interesting blend being yeah. an RA because you're not too much older than than the residents that you're there even when you're like a freshman to like a junior like but at the same time you have to you have an authoritative um, stance right you you are seen as someone to look up to and to ask for advice that type of thing and then you're also you know you do have to put down the law sometimes when there's like crazy things like parties or other stuff so it's it's an interesting ground to navigate. I, I just found it challenging, but also rewarding at times. Working that fine line between being a friend, but also being, you know, that, that authoritative figure when you need to as well. Mm-hmm. What, what skills did you gain that you utilize now in your work? I would have to say by far the number one thing I've learned was leadership. Uh, yeah, because I was, I was racking this in my brain trying to think of, of that type of answer to that type of question. Yeah, when I when I was in high school, like I knew how to do things. I, you know, I, I but I never really took on uh, a strong leadership role. And when I'm when I was here in the residence halls as an RA, you really have to step up and become a leader. And so I learned so much in terms of coordinating groups, dealing with, you know, groups of people and and being that leader and authoritative but also at the same time striking that balance Um, and those types of leadership skills have helped me immensely when it comes to production work and working as a producer because you do have to manage groups of people and coordinate and all that type of stuff and so leadership by far has been the number one skill I've learned. Can we bridge I guess talking about your role I guess in producing? Mm -hmm. In the sense of, like, how do you structure, I guess, your time? Really, like, how does it mirror, I guess, the RA role in the sense of, like, skills that you see now in tandem with leadership, like, that you just remember or you see reflected? Definitely, especially with um, the living learning community and coordinating events. Right. Um, So you have this certain thing to put on and you have these people that you want to go to the event and you want to coordinate food and you want to coordinate timing and where things are. Those are all components of producing, right? You've got to get people to a certain place. Stuff is happening. There's things you have to bring in, whether it's props or camera or crafty. So coordinating all those events and putting it together 
it's the same bare bones skills that you need. It's just a different setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you start the acting situation or the career for you as a young adult or did you start at age three (laughs) um well yes when I was a little kid I was always like singing and like dancing and like making up stories and performing them but when I was in elementary school my grandfather who never pursued acting professionally he did community theater so he was in productions of The Music Man, The Sound of Music, Fiddler on the Roof like all these different productions and I went and I saw him in them and through that I just absolutely fell in love I just love the performing I love watching it so I started doing it casually throughout my life. And then when I was in high school, I was involved in the young company of a local Shakespeare festival in the Orlando Shakespeare Theater, as it's called now. Um, And I did that and I fell in love doing that. And I was like, I'm doing this for my life, decided between my freshman and sophomore years of high school. And the rest is history, I guess. That's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. When it comes to, I guess, acting today, how how does an actor survive in this world? Like post-grad I think that's what a lot of I think the RAs and RCAs that are specifically in Mm -hmm. drama are like thinking about or I guess in general like post-grad life um it takes a lot of resilience persistence and utilizing your resources you have to keep optimistic in the source Mm -hmm. there's oh there's a ton of rejection and lots of no's that you'll hear but all in all it's it's being like persistent Right. And just, you know, you've got to love it and you've got to keep that passion and that sense of adventure and just creativity within you. And that that'll that kind of spark will carry you through. Walk us through graduation day. You leave the happy confines of NYU and then you go out there into the real world as an actress. How did that happen for you? I, I came out of NYU very excited and just really happy to like kind of just go at it and do it and so I I had a very energetic start and I was very organized and like that's another thing that that will carry you through as well like being very organized and staying on top of things right so that you don't miss auditions or you don't miss like news or industry things so that you're aware on top of things so I auditioned for a lot of stuff and I got cast in a lot of things some things awesome some some things not so awesome so it was a huge learning experience I have to say just of all the different projects I've worked on and you start to generally get a vibe as to like not only what you're good at what other people think you're good at what you're excited to do what you're not excited to do so you start to follow that directive of like what brings you joy and what you know you're most excited to work about on yeah on that topic of Mm -hmm. joy like what in your acting or in your artistic work in general is your mission like what is your joy that keeps bringing you back to this profession oh my gosh oh wow that's a that's a good question I love I love pretending I love the imagination. I've always been an imaginative kid. Like I've always been writing or just making up stories. And my dad has like all these home videos of me just like making up random stories um, (laughs) from like fairy tales and just kind of going off on tangents. So I've always just loved building worlds and living in worlds. I just think it's so magical. And especially now that I've gravitated a lot more toward film, I I love the movie magic. It's Mm -hmm. just... It's just incredible how you just put all these pieces together and then suddenly it's like you can get lost in the story and the characters and just feel something, right? One of my favorite quotes, a Stella Adler quote, is 
life beats down and crushes the soul and art reminds us that you have one. And I paraphrase that a little bit, but <laughs> that is always something where, you know, life is hard, right? You go through a lot of turmoil and it can suck sometimes, you know, it could be great too. But being able to express how you feel and being able to identify like how you feel inside and then connect with something either you're creating or you're watching or experiencing, I don't know, that helps me get through life and feel more alive in that way. Kimberly, how do you prepare for auditions? How do I prepare for auditions? I go over the material, right? I make connections of emotionally how I connect with the piece, you know, any type of things in my life that might relate to it or imaginative work and just kind of really prepare. I've found that the more prepared I am, the less nervous I am. Mm. So knowing that about myself, if I am prepared, I'm more confident. Yeah. Could you tell us how your special skills have impacted your auditions? Oh, as in like special skills. I don't really have too many special skills. Like I wish I had a thing where I could juggle and like do gymnastics and like fire breathe because that, you know, there's always like those random things where you see in casting notices and you're like, if only I could do that. But unfortunately, no. But I feel like my skills of writing and producing have definitely helped me create my own work or collaborate with others because not only do they see me as just being an actor, but I can also collaborate and participate and help create something as well. Yeah. How did that transition start for you? Mm -hmm. So as an actor, you came in, you're thinking about being on stage, doing a part, mm -hmm. and now you've kind of moved over to a different side of the house. Yeah. I think a lot of it had to do with artistic fulfillment. I felt like I think I had a stretch where I wasn't really happy with the stuff that I was doing. It wasn't as exciting to me. I think I also had like a little drought of finding some work. And then I stumbled upon a really great group of friends that we were all excited and we wanted to make something. So we started doing shorts and we did a web series and we started creating all this stuff. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then I gradually got more and more confident to start writing and producing my own work as well. And that, that was all just little baby steps. For instance, with the sketch comedy group that I'm a part of, it was like, I've never written sketches before. Here, I'm going to write a few of them and send them off. And do you guys want to do these sketches? And then they said yes. And that was an amazing feeling and like affirmation of, oh, okay, I'm trying this out and people are saying yes. So, yeah. As a follow-up, oh. so you, you've talked about a network. Yeah. Uh, how does one find a network in an artistic way? Is it because you found them at auditions that you were at? Or did you find them in a show together? Or are they NYU buds from the day it's kind of been like a mix i i feel like i found a lot of people working randomly in a restaurant when i worked in a restaurant the the collaboration there i think you just have to f you just work with a lot of people and then sometimes you hit it off and you find out oh we're on the same page sometimes you're not and that's okay but i think it's just yeah, I mean, it's not like I put like a notice like, hey, anyone want to work with me? I have these characteristics, like a like a dating notice. But I think it's just finding people that have your vibe, that want to do the same stuff you do, that have the same motivations and ambitions. I'm so interested to know what a day in the life of a working, empowered, like, writer, 
producer actor is like for you? <laughs> well, it's very long. Yeah. <laughs> because I unfortunately I don't make a full living off of like acting or producing or writing um, yet. So I do have a day job. Um, I work as an admin assistant at a financial firm. So I do that. And then so my weekends and my nights are just comprised of doing all that. So kind of harkening back to some other skills that I've learned um, from not only being at NYU but as an RA is that having those long days where you have to balance like the work versus the creativity and so you might I might have a class at 8 a.m. and then I'm on duty that night you know so it's just you know having that endurance and being able to just have your long days in there yeah and having the energy you want to make sure that you have a healthy lifestyle as well to like cultivate that too. For sure. Well, yeah. Kimberly, it has been great talking to you so far and learning about your experience as an actor. We're going to take a short break, but when we get back, we're going to jump right into your work as a producer and writer. We'll be right back. Hey, thanks for listening to the Where Are A Now podcast. My name is Justin Silver. I was an RA from Weinstein Hall, graduated in 2012 from Stern. I am the co-founder of the brand Avrani. We are premium skincare inspired by India's ancient beauty rituals. We're taking powerful ingredients like turmeric, neem, and honey and providing them in a shelf-stable modern luxury format for you to enjoy. Check us out at Avrani on Instagram or at avrani.com and that's Avrani, A-A-V, R-A-N-I. That's Avrani, A-A-V-R-A-N-I. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, Kimberly. Let's jump back into your career. When did you get interested in the production and film TV aspect? Where did this happen for you, this movement? It started when I started producing with my friends, as I mentioned before, and I was like, wow, I think I'm pretty good at this. And there's a different response that you get being an actor versus producing. There's a different, people see you differently, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There's a different level of respect or not necessarily respect, but just, just the way that people approach you. And it felt awesome. It felt empowering. Um, so for me, I wanted to like learn more about it. So I got a bunch of books and I was like reading a bunch of things. And then I decided, you know, I want to start working in production. So I got, I worked for a couple years in production offices in the city, some TV shows and films as an office PA. And then I also, I worked as a production secretary and I learned so, so, so much. And then from there, I kind of felt like I wanted to move on and, and really delve more into doing my own work as well. So I'm not quite sure what the original question is, but that's that's kind of my journey there. Yeah. What are some projects that you've worked on? For, for production? Producing, yeah. It, working in production office was cool. I, I got to work on the first season of Billions. I worked on um, Red Oaks, um, the second season of that. I got to work on Private Life, which is a wonderful film by Tamara Jenkins. If you haven't checked it out, it's on Netflix. It's fantastic. So those are some things like that. And then I've worked on a lot of other great projects, some more independent projects through my own producing stuff too. Let's discuss your work on the short animated documentary, For a Better Life, which mm-hmm. you co-produced. Mm-hmm. What got you involved in the project and what, you, what are you most proud of in that particular project? Crazily enough, I got involved in the project through a random Facebook post that I did. 
I was interested in working in animation. I'd never produced anything before like that. So I kind of did this like post of like, I'm interested in producing animation, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And a filmmaker, Yasmin Mystery, who I had met at a filmmaker and a screening of a short film that I had uh, produced, acted and directed in uh, like the year before, commented and she said, well, I have a short documentary that I am making and I'd love to collaborate, it's animated. And so I just fell into working with her and it was such a cool experience. I learned a lot. Animation is feels like a lot of post-production. And so like what I'm normally used to is with narrative, it's hitting the ground, you're prep and then you're filming in person. So for me, it was a, it was a lot of doing that post-production process. Um, and that was awesome. We had, uh, the, the film is about foster care youth and their stories. So this particular one was about a youth who was born in Tunisia and was sold by his parents for $100 when he was five years old. And he went through a long time of abuse and eventually made his way to New York where the abuse was discovered and he ended up entering the foster care system and it literally saved his life. And I was absolutely blown away by the story. I was like, I cannot believe that this is real. Um, so I was absolutely hooked by it. And uh, we, we took this long narrative, this long interview that was like three hours long, and we crafted it into about nine minutes and worked with animators and illustrators to create the, the full film. And it just, the response was amazing. Like we've gone to a, lot, a bunch of different festivals. We screened at Doc NYC, which is one of the largest film festivals, especially here in New York City. And it was just an incredible experience. I, I've never worked on a project like that ever before, and it was incredibly rewarding. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That sounds tough. Like, how? What advice do you have for graduating RAs that want to do this, that want to produce their own material? Like, what advice do you have? Reach out to people, find your tribe, find people yeah. that can make stuff with you that are like-minded. Just put yourself out there and just start creating. I mean, you can hold yourself back and be like, oh, this isn't ready, I'm not ready, but I just do it, just make it happen. And because even if your first project is awful, like maybe the fifth one will be great. You know, I mean, you just have to keep trying and putting yourself out there, yeah. Let's hear a little bit about your new short. Mm -hmm. uh, Junie and Frank? Mm -hmm. Yes. How did that evolve? So this evolved partially from my inspiration for acting in the first place. I realized that I never acted with my grandfather in anything, even though he was the inspiration for me to act in the first place. So I thought, you know, he's getting older. When am I going to have an opportunity to do it? I might as well create it. So I wrote the short. It's about a grandfather and granddaughter. And we went and we filmed it down in Florida where my grandpa is. And yeah. And so he's in it. Yeah, he's in oh, it. Yeah. Oh, amazing. and he absolutely steals the film. Like oh, he just. So he hasn't lost his touch. Not at all. Not at all. And it was such a joy to film. And we're almost done with post-production. We just finished our sound mix and we just have color correction to do. And then I'm sending it off to film festivals and, you know, eventually we'll share it with the world as well. So well, we look forward to seeing it on the RA alumni website someday. Oh, truly, you. truly. Absolutely. Yeah. How does one act produce and star in their own film like that seems so out of the reach like how would you even materialize yeah. it um it's 
being able to balance a lot of things. I don't think everyone can necessarily do it. Um, it takes having a good team. So I had an awesome director. I didn't feel like, especially with, with the project of that magnitude and how personal it was to me, and especially because it was traveling down to another state to film, I was like, I need a director to, to do that. So understanding when you need to delegate, when you can't take on everything. And I had a fantastic co-producer who was just amazing and she she acts in it as well she's she has a supporting role in it too yeah so it really it's finding the right people that can help you with your vision and what you want to achieve and just really doing a lot of prep work you know making sure that I mean we were so well prepped that when we got down there like we had easy days like we weren't stretched for time I gave ourselves like an extra day like I had we had everything organized so that yes there were crazy things that happened like one day we couldn't find our slate and so we're like where is it and you know what it was in the back of the car the whole time and we're like why oh my god but you know but little things like that where yes everything there will be something that goes wrong but if you have the prep work done ahead of time you'll be fine and so also being able to to have the line where okay now I need to focus on acting and like for instance I remember there was this one day where it was like my big emotional scene right Mm. and I literally you know I pulled my co-producer aside and I was like I need to focus today this is my acting day I can't can't do producing stuff and so it's it yeah it's just having a good team of people to be behind you well it's also the self-awareness like you just mentioned you know when you need to take a step back Uh or a step forward exactly impressive now sketch comedy Mm -hmm. yes how did you get involved in this group the egos the egos yes through networking by meeting people through doing production work and just collaborating from there so again it's making connections and networking and that type of thing and um yeah so I just happened to stumble upon a really great group of people that were excited to work with me and also were excited to do things that I was writing as well I'd never written sketch comedy before ever like I had written things when I was younger but uh, you know and I wrote you know shorts and other things but as far as like taking a an idea of something that's funny and like translating it and just doing it I never had so being able to be with a group of people that were like yes you know we're, we're gonna try this it might not work but you're part of the group it just felt awesome yeah. they perform live or is it it's filmed stri- yeah stri- well, well partially well we've been filming um all of our sketches and putting them online which are actually on Amazon Prime you can check them out but we have our first live show coming up later this month the Pit Comedy Club they have a sketch fest so it's the last week of weekend of October. And so we have a show on October 26th at one o'clock. So it's exciting. It's our first Amazing. ever. Yeah. How big is the group? We have members that like come and go. For the show on the 26th, there's like 10 of us. But honestly, I think we've had like two to three dozen people throughout the different years. I'm just kind of rotating cast members. We do have a nice solid core of about maybe 10 people or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like a fun group. It's super fun. Yeah. For sure. I think it's time for a shout out. Do you still stay in contact with any of the other RA alums? If so, who is it? Are they in the business? Are they out of the business? Oh my gosh. Oh, this is an awful question because not really. I mean, I do, I do contact, I am Facebook friends with Adriana and Matthew. So I do get to see what they're up to, which is awesome. I do stay in contact with people like Facebook and is amazing. And honestly, Facebook 
was <laughs> started out when I was in college. So I've just seen the crazy progression of it. But I feel like a lot of people that I knew have kind of moved out of the city, especially that were RAs. So unfortunately, I haven't kept in contact as much as I would like, but... Come to one of the ARI alumni events that we have, and you can be reconnected. Oh, it's an opportunity. I to do oh, that. Yeah, yes. Um, let's do speed round. Speed round. Speed oh round. no! What is Here this? Here we go. Okay. A couple of questions. Quick answers. <laughs> Best NYU tradition that you participated in. Graduation. That was in the park. It was the last year. My year was the last year we graduated in the park, and it was really cool. Oh, best dining hall. Well, I have to say Palladium. Still is. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite NYU professor? Oh, I have to say Louis Sheeter, who was the um, the head of the classical studio, and he actually just retired this past this past year. So yeah. Any celebrity sightings as an NYU student? Yes, I remember they were filming something with Matt Damon that was in the neighborhood. So I remember seeing that. I think it was The Good Shepherd or something. I remember seeing that, and that was really cool. There was something that they were filming, Willem Dafoe was in as well, and that was really neat to like, I mean, I grew up in Florida, so I never experienced seeing film sets before I came to New York. And so being able to like walk around on the street and actually see people filming, I was one of those that was like stopping, like taking pictures. Now I walk by and I understand, I'm like, you gotta do your work, it's all good. But back then I was so excited, yeah. How about a Broadway show that you saw while you were a student? The first Broadway show that I saw was Orientation Week of NYU. So, and I saw Rent. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it was one of those shows that I, like in high school, everyone was obsessed with. So I knew all the songs, you know, like it, it was, I had to memorize by heart. And so to actually go and see it the first week that I was here at NYU was amazing. Yeah. Kind of like Hamilton now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say, which I still haven't seen. I know. You've listened. I've listened, yes, but (laughs) I have not seen it yet. It's still on the list to do. For sure. And finally, what is your most memorable RA experience? Okay. What's my most memorable RA experience? I have to say say probably riding in the back of an ambulance, (laughs) but it it was fine. It was just like someone was sick. There wasn't anything like crazy but as you know like as you can go on duty there are instances where people might have to go to the hospital and I'd never experienced that before I was very sheltered (laughs) growing up so that was very interesting I have to say so I know it's a weird answer but it is memorable I was very helpful I was very helpful yeah and the student was totally fine it was okay good job Kimberly Kimberly thank you so much for spending some time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you Always thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums who are living the dream school alumni version life. Kimberly, thank you so much for being a part of the show. We really love to hear the journeys of alums and what you experience and how you can teach the future actors out there, our RAs. So thank you for doing so. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an absolute pleasure and honor. Thank you. Great. Special thanks to my engineer, Colin McRae, our executive director, Duncan Lemieux, and our executive producer, Shahara Ranasang. And to the current professional staff and the alumni staff, Adriana and Matthew, for helping develop skills for our former RAs along the way. If you like tonight's show, look for more content on the newly unveiled NYU RA alumni website at where-ra-now.webflow.io, which lists RA favorite books, picks of all-time favorite moments, alumni accomplishments, and ways to mentor. 
Until next time, know your dreams can become reality. Look at what these alums keep on doing. Good night, everybody.